0: is my and Julio was Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya. So it's the 18th of October, 2021, Hillsborough, North Carolina. Shema Bhagavatam, count of 10th, chapter 29, text 29. Krikvamuhanya-vasuchasva-sadesa-sushyaya Krikvamuhanya-vasuchasva-sadesa-sushyaya Vimba-dharani-caradena-bhuvala-kantya Rai Rupata Masibi Kumani, Tastur Rijanja Urduka Varas Tastur their faces faces. ava downward Uh sutjaha adhissara swasana by sign Uh Uh sushyat drying up Uh Uh bimba appearing like red bimba fruits Uh Uh Adharani, their lips Uh Uh chadana with their toes Uh bhuvamal The ground, the kantya scratching, which literally means to write, ashray with their tears, upata which carry masivhi, the kajal from their eyes, kucha on the breast, kunjmani the vermilion powder, tastaful. They stood still, mere gem washing away, Uru, excessive, Dukkha, of unhappiness, Bharaha, feeling the burden, Sma, indeed, Tushnim, silently. BBT translation. Their heads hanging down. This is after Krishna has told the gopis, that they should go home, they should serve their husbands, take care of their children, take care of their relatives. They had no business being out. So he called them to the forest with the sleuth. And they came, and then he told them, go, go home. Go home, be the housewives. Their heads hanging down and their heavy, sorrowful breathing drying up their red lips. The gobies scratched the ground with their toes. Tears flowed from their eyes. Carrying their kajal and washing away the vermilion smeared on their breasts, thus they stood silently bearing the burden of their unhappiness. And this purport is pretty much entirely traditional, except tapor, not mentioned here. The Gopis felt if Krishna had not been conquered by our love, then our love must not be genuine, and if we cannot properly love Krishna, what is the use of our lives? Their red lips were drying up because of the hot breathing that arose from their unhappiness. When the hot sun dries bright red bimbo-fruits, dark spots appear on them and they grow soft. The beautiful lips of the gopis similarly changed in appearance. They stood silently before Krishna, unable to speak. Yavasu cha es sasane shushyadu bimbadarani chadameyuduvadukantya ashtarupak tamasidi kuchakumkumani tashturamirjanicirukukha fadansamalatushin. Their heads hanging down in their heavy, sorrowful breathing drying up their red lips, the gobees scratch the ground with their toes. Tears flowed from their eyes, carrying their cajal and washing away the vermilion smeared on their breasts. Thus they stood silently bearing the burden of their unhappiness. So we have two words here, shri out of sorrow and dukkha of unhappiness. So this seems not very attractive. So here we have the we're told this is the highest limit of perfection, the love of the gopis for Krishna, and we're told this is the highest pastime of the Vasleva, and it seems to be full of shika and dukkha, lamentation and misery. And the gopis are there crying. That is what Krishna told him He said, don't love me, Said any woman who loves me is simply going to cry. And in fact, the gopis seem to spend an inordinate amount of time crying. Isn't that a fact? Right? Don't they seem to spend a lot of time crying in unhappiness? Ecstasy. So Ruhrani says it's ecstasy. Uh-huh. I don't know. See, I don't know. Krishna goes to the forest during the day the gobies are crying what are they thinking about when he's in the forest? They can't see him, they can't see him and what else are they thinking? His feet are, his feet are suffering Krishna won't wear shoes what did he tell his mother?
1: He said Not he would only wear shoes if, if,
0: if the cows would also wear shoes so he's going barefoot just like the last few days we had, you know, Sunday Feast and Mahaj and Giyaz Puja, so there were a lot of people here over the weekend. And sometimes I'd see them walking past my room barefoot, and they'd walk on the concrete, but then they'd walk also on the gravel. So, you know, between the temple and the concrete, there's this gravel. Thank you for having gravel instead of mud. So people <laughs> are sometimes going uh, barefoot on the gravel, and whenever I see this, I feel some pain. I'm thinking, I wish they would wear shoes. I'm sure it's hurting their, their feet. Uh, so the Gophis are crying for that. Uh, they cry when Krishna goes to Matira. They're crying sometimes when he's uh, fighting a demon like Helga. And this is perhaps the most pitiable Scene of all, I, I think it's the most pitiable scene of all because they've been waiting to have this rasula and then Krishna calls them and then he rejects them. And later we'll see in chapter 32 the gopis asked this uh, what kind of hero, you know, calls her his beloved and then leaves her. And in, the, in this world, you know, if a guy asks a girl out on a date, and then she comes to the restaurant or whatever, and he says, well, I don't want to see you, just go home. You know, it, 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 a very devastating thing. So we may look at this from our own material perspective, and what is this sorrow. Uh, but we have to understand, uh, first of all, uh, as Mara mentioned the other day, and this of course repeated often, that one has to understand first the person I came to us before coming to the temple. One has to understand philosophy. We should understand the basics of the Bhagavad Gita before understanding the Bhagavad Gita. So we're going to understand there, and then we're going to go up to a higher level. What is this? How is it that dukkha, which literally means suffering? That's the literal meaning. How is it that this can be ecstasy? Uh Swami discusses this. Uh, in the fifth wave of the southern ocean of the river on your So in our own material condition, we are feeling empty. We are feeling vulnerable, because if we identify with the body and mind, we are vulnerable. This body is very vulnerable, isn't it? Yes, I say this a lot, but it's something... Our body is very vulnerable. The whole world is scared of microscopic virus. You know, we're that vulnerable. That's something we can't see. You know, why are we all wearing masks? Our body is very fragile. It doesn't take practically anything for our body to become uh, disabled, incapacitated. And if our identities wrapped up in our body, we're constantly in a state of fear. And the mind also, if our identities wrapped up in the mind. And I'm, I'm thinking that I'm incomplete and I'm lacking. And so I'm trying to get other people and other situations to fill this emptiness, as Thomas Merton said. Thomas Merton was a a famous Catholic theologian who wrote an appreciation of Prophets by Gita, He said that we all have a God-shaped vacuum in our heart, and as God is unlimited, that vacuum is unlimited. And we're trying to satisfy our need for love, uh, our need for security, our need for worthiness with the things in this world. Does it work? No, it doesn't work, and then we lament, isn't it? We try to love others. Do we ever get perfect reciprocation from anyone we love in this world? Anybody got that experience? No. I mean, just the other day, I was just thinking, you know, it was some days ago, and I was asking someone if they if they wanted to see me, and they're like, "Well, I don't know if I time, I'm busy. And I'm thinking, but we've been friends for decades, and I've given you this, and given you that, and you can't even see me because you're too busy. And my heart was breaking, and I thought, this is all so, so silly. These you know, material thoughts and emotions, they're so silly, they're so petty, they're ridiculous. But that's what it's like in this world. So we may project that onto what's happening with the gobies that they're, I've sacrificed everything for you. I mean, and they, they did. And the Krishna this later. They sacrificed their reputation. Well, that's a big deal. <laughs> what does well, Shakespeare say? You know, you can take my money, but if you take my name, that's significant. They they sacrificed their reputation, they sacrificed, they didn't know if they could go back to their families, just like the Ramana ladies, they said, we can't go back to our families. And Krishna even called them, and then, you know, you don't don't care about us, you don't love us, It it might look like that. That they're just thinking, well, how come you're not satisfying my needs, Krishna? You know, I'm giving everything to you, what are you giving to me? And they look like that. Because that's the way we feel in this world. We have we have a what Krishna calls a mercantile relationship, where we keep score. That the famous book uh, about men and women, best-selling book. And he talks about how men and women keep score. You know what the woman gives one point four, what the man gives 5.4. And then we are calculating like this in a mercantile relationship. I've given everything to you. I've done this. I've sacrificed this. I've sacrificed this. Well, to get something to feel that that I'm loved, that I'm worthy, and we feel dependent on other people treating us in a particular way in order to feel loved and worthy, in order to feel good about ourselves. That that's just as fragile. Does that make sense? Like our bodies can be just decimated by a microscopic virus or by tripping on a step. And our whole sense of self and our whole sense of worthiness and our whole sense of existence can be threatened by somebody saying, I don't think I have time to talk to you. Or, you know, I'm i really not interested in the city to tell me. And we're just like, shh, finish. And we see this, I'm sorry to say, even with devotees. I mean, we see this devotee's feelings about the, the organization of ISKCON even, isn't it? You know, I gave my life to ISKCON, what did I get? And how was I treated? We see this with how devotees relate to their guru. You know, my guru doesn't pat me on the head and say, good girl, good boy. Then you know I hate him. And this is this is the problem. And we're we're thinking that the gopis are like this. We hear this and like, well, of course, they gave everything to Krishna and he just rejects them, so they're just trying, they can't even speak. And do we feel that when we get overwhelmed with sorrow and anger and towards somebody who's not reciprocating and we can't say anything? And they're just silently crying and they're just, they want to say something, instead they're just kind of riding in the ground with their feet. But that is not a situation at all. Now people thinking that this is a situation is why there's such an earth in personalism. Because people say, well, you know, what's the use of being a person? I'm crying here because people don't love me. And they cry there because people love Better to just merge with light and be peaceful and feel have like no needs at all. But the reality is that the gopis are far above that platform. So many times the Shastra or Acharya to Prabhupada says that the devotee is full. Like Guru Maharaj, says, "You know, I'm full now. I was looking for broken pieces of glass, but I have a diamond. I'm satisfied." So many times, Kaula describes that the reason the devotees are not interested in material desires, even if the desires are present in the body, is because they're full, because they're satisfied. Like after eating a big feast. Your favorite food can be spread out in front of you and you don't have any interest in it because you're satisfied. You can't tempt people like Bill Gates or Jeff Bezos with, you know, even a million dollars it isn't a temptation to them, isn't it? There are people who would murder for a million dollars, but to these guys it's nothing. So even those who are brahman-realized, they're, they're full. As Krishna explains in Bhagavad Gita 6.20, they, they're they already satisfied. They're experiencing boundless transcendental happiness, and they think there's no greater gain. As the Siddharthi 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 comments on Anandam, who have already known, the He says that although the jiva is infinitesimal, when it's in touch with God, it's experiencing unlimited bliss. Krishna loves each jiva unlimitedly and unconditionally. Krishna even loves the demons. Krishna loves those who are envious of him, who hate him. He loves them regardless of the fact that they're hating him. He doesn't stop loving. He's the greatest demon. Christian does not stop loving. Krishna deals with them differently than he deals with his devotees. But he says, I don't favor anyone. I'm not envious of anyone. Each of us are already loved unconditionally and unlimitedly. We don't need, actually, the love of any jiva. We don't. Actually, that's an illusion. Are lamenting in this world that we don't get reciprocation from Jiva? It's, it's laughable. It's absurd. It's like you know Bill Gates being upset that somebody won't give him a dollar. I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. So these gopis are far beyond modern realized. Far modern realized. They're far beyond even the residents of Vaikuntha, the residents of Dwarka. They're at the highest level of love. Aren't they already filled with Krishna's unconditional, unlimited love? Of course they are. So what is it that they're lamenting about? They're lamenting that I couldn't give to Krishna. Somehow, I couldn't love Krishna. My love for Krishna is insignificant. It's, 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 it's not enough. Because if it was enough, Krishna would have been controlled by it. This is one of the symptoms of Prema Bhakti given in the beginning of bhakti son Descend to the Krishna is controlled by love. Prabhupada says that the, the devotees holding Krishna in their hands. I have been able to please Krishna. There's no selfishness in this at all. This this, this is not like a material need, it's a spiritual need that is born from overflowing. Even the Buddhists say that compassion is higher than nirvana. Passion is higher than Nirvana, and therefore a realized Buddhist, or so-called, who knows? They want to take birth again and again out of compassion, so they say. I'm sure for some of them that's a genuine experience. So what to speak of the devotee? The need of the devotee, they're already overflowing with this unlimited love for Krishna, is to express it. They want to express it to other living beings. Like Krishna does, Hariraj says, each of the Gopis, they feel at least a hundred times happier when Krishna is enjoying with another Gopi, right around, is feeling ten million times happier. They want to share that love with others, and they want to give it to Krishna. They want to take from this. Um, I think it is a spring, like if you have an underground spring that's just gushing and gushing and gushing, and gushing. And gushing like this unlimited spring of love and they just want to distribute it. Or you can think of some of these rich people who just, they want to spend their money in charity. That's their happiness. So they want to give to Krishna. And it doesn't seem to be to be working. Krishna, Krishna doesn't seem to like what they're giving. And so their heart is breaking for him. So, as Ravrani said in the beginning, this is an ecstasy. How is this an ecstasy? And Marge has been talking a lot about the secondary rasas. So, in the section about Kusamri to Sindhu, in the Southern Ocean, the fifth wave, uh, Rupa is speaking about the sky. problem. He has one section on the primary rasas, which are neutrality, servitorship, servant- friendliness, parental, conjugal, and then he has another section on the seven, seven secondary russes, which are what are the seven secondary rasas? loves. Fear. Fear. Chivalry. Chivalry, which has four parts. Horror. Laughter. Horror. Laughter.
1: Compassion. Compassion, Compassion or lamentation. Ghastliness. Ghastliness and anger.
0: Disaster. Yeah. Ghastliness, yeah. Yeah. horror and anger. So, what are the devotees feeling here, these gopis? Everything. Well, they're not really feeling so much joy right now. Disaster. Krishna's kind of. They're confused, what is Krishna doing here? They don't know what Krishna's doing, but the main seven, I've seen two. They talk about what, what might have killed themselves if we do that. Or something? Yeah, so that, that's compassion or lamentation. Right. Karuna primarily. And I'd say also some anger. That will come out in this, in this Leela, that there's also anger. Dread. Yeah. Dread, yes. dread, Fear, okay. So we have anger, fear, and lamentation. And I don't know if there's... Uh, Ghastliness is a funny one, and particularly in the country people, Rasa. Ghastliness, by the way, or harder, Rupa Goswami explains, is never at Krishna, so the other six secondary rathas, Krishna is the instigator of horror, Krishna is never the instigator. One feels horror at the obstacles, so one feels horror at one's pride or one's envy or something like that. Uh, but not at, at Krishna directly. So at least, for sure, uh, they're, they're feeling lamentation, fear, and probably some anger considering what goes on here, later on. So song Swami picks three of the secondary bosses, lamentation, fear, and horror. I don't know why he does not include anger, as being uh, bewildering. These three, this lamentation, which is the primary thing that the gobies are feeling right now for sure, and fear and a uh, horror. And uh, I don't believe there's horror in this situation. And he says, how can these be enjoyable? How can these be pleasurable? How is that possible? And Ruba Goswami uh, and Jiva also in his commentary divide people up into, into five categories, which Prabhupada
1: just in general he talks about
0: expert and experience. So Prabhupada just puts it in two categories, in devotion. So the expert devotees are one who's tasting rasa, the prema bhaktis, that would be the gopis, those who experience the beginning of rasa, the bhava bhaktis, and those who at least intellectually understand these things, which would be the sadhus, both the body sadhus and the bhaktiva sadhus. And then the inexperience would be uh, those who think they understand rasa but they don't, and those who are just totally ignorant like to animals that cannot understand uh, these things. So then Rupa gives for each of these three secondary rasas: lamentation, fear, and horror, how those who are in prama experience them as ecstasy, and those who are in bhava experience them as ecstasy. Basically, for each of them, those in baba experience them as ecstasy by hearing from or seeing the experience of those in prama. And for those in prema, they feel it as ecstasy based on their own experience. And so Rupa says the ultimate evidence that these three are actually aesthetic is the experience of the devotees. So for this one, Lamentation, he says the reason it's experience as aesthetic is they have the surety that there will be union, that there will, there will be Krishna. They have that surety, they have that confidence that they will be with Krishna again. And therefore, they do not expect Goswami's explanation as to why they do not why this lamentation is also a form of ecstasy. They experience it as part of the relationship, as not a permanent state. Huh? But also, I mean, if we're going to turn to Jay to me, as we were saying before, Krishna Das Kariyaraj was saying that this this love of the great devotees, especially the gopis, is prema, it's not kama. I mean, it's very interesting that Krishna says in chapter 32. I mean, years ago, I did an in depth study on the section of 32 where there's the conversation between Krishna and devotees about relationships where the gopis express their anger towards Krishna for this kind of behavior. Mostly they're angry at him when he left the lasana. But it applies to this as well, when he's calling them and then rejecting him. And they suggest there's three kinds of relationships which Krishna stands into nine. But at the very end of Krishna's response he said, and this is very famous of course, he says, you should be satisfied with your own love for me. I can't actually reciprocate with you. It's not possible. You've given more to me than I can give to you, which ontologically is, is ridiculous. How can a jiva give more to Krishna than Krishna can give to them? Right? But Krishna's saying like that, because Krishna's saying, I haven't left my and on the I haven't given up my friends, I you know, you've given up more than I've given up. But he's, he's saying, be he's satisfied with your love, be satisfied with the giving." If I don't have anything I need to get from someone, if I'm already satisfied, then what satisfies me is giving and sharing. Does this make sense to anybody? Let's say I cooked a huge feast. What do I want to do with it? I want to distribute it. The other day I said to do the shakti, I think it was the shakti. One of it was. Thank you for cooking. And they said, thank you for eating. And it sounds kind of funny, but that's actually the situation. If I cook, I want people to eat. Isn't it? Isn't that the satisfaction? If you've got a lot of money, aren't you satisfied by giving it to something worthy? Yes. Right? Find gifts for those you love. Yeah? So this is this, the gopis are full. They're more than full, and they want to give. And their satisfaction is giving. And here their lamentation is: I'm giving, I'm giving, and giving, and giving. And Krishna says, No, I, I, don't want it. I'm not able to give. Huh? It's not enough. Somehow I can't give enough. And that is a lamentation of love. It's, it's 180 degrees different from when we lament at unrequited love in this world. It, it's 180, it's completely the opposite. As when I am lamenting that someone doesn't reciprocate with me in a way that I think they assure them that not. I want. Which we've all experienced that in this world, yes? Everybody? that, you know, I'm upset that somebody's not treating me the way I think that they should have, that i want. Okay? That's not what's going on. It's completely, completely, completely else. And what's fascinating is that Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu teaches that this kind of lamentation is more ecstatic than the joy. That's really weird, isn't it? But that's what they're teaching. In Sato's song, we have He's talking about that the happiness of separation dances on the heads of all other happiness. And this Rokumar has experienced everything. He went through all the planets of the material world. He went through the, the different degrees of the planets of the spiritual world. Everything. And in each case, he was experiencing happiness. he's in the Brahman with the Shalom he's happy. He's in the being a king of a kingdom on earth, he's happy. He becomes injured, he's happy. He becomes one of the Pajrakis, he's happy. He becomes one of the meditators, he's happy. He, goes to, he becomes Lord Ramana, he's happy. He goes in the Brahman Jyotei course and gets a little scared. He meets Lord Shiva. he's happy. He goes to Lightman, he's happy. He's in IOT, he's happy. He's in Dwarka, he's happy. Every time he says wow, this is so much greater happiness than I had before. And then after a while he's like, yeah, it's not what I want. And he goes to the next level. Wow, this is so much happiness. And then, no, but it's not what I want. And he goes to the next level. So he's experienced everything. And he's gone to the lower and he's with Krishna, he's playing in the field. And then he says, you may ask, why when a Krishna goes to Mantra, do I stay in Vrindavan? It's very similar to this. You know, you're with me, you're playing, and then he goes away. No, you know, goodbye. And he says, because this happiness dances on the heads of all other happiness. So again, this is inconceivable to a materially conditioned person who's going to project their own happiness and their own emptiness and their own lamentation on this aspect. Uh, But to those of us, as Buddha Goswami says, who only understand this intellectually, at least we can be satisfied that those who actually experience it tell us this is the greatest happiness. This is not something from an illusioned soul. And at least from these leelas we can gain some detachment from our own lamentation in this world see that our lamentations in this world are not real. They're not of the soul. They don't really mean anything. And when our mind starts to lament in this world, instead we can meditate on the ecstatic lamentation of the goals and aspire that we can someday experience those kind of so questions, questions, comments? Yes. again. just wanted to say <clears throat> And thank you for the yeah. water. Oh, you yeah. <laughs> um, Talk about self-entitlement. That's mm-hmm. what makes us sick. Right? Yes, self-entitlement. self-entitlement. We, yes. we don't have anything. somebody doesn't respond to us the way we want, we feel entitled. Yes. yes. And, but that response is completely private and personal, and it's not something that we can expect automatically. It's just that if a person chooses to respond in this way or that way, that's up to him or her. So, but we are motivated by self entitlement. And the gopis are completely free from any of that sense. Completely. Complete, yeah, like it, what we're saying is that we have a sense of self entitlement. And therefore, we want people to reciprocate with us in a certain way. The gopis are completely free from that. They have absolute humility. Also, there's and if they no self-entitlement at all, that's not, it's not what they're operating on. No. I mean, again, when we hear that, our materially conditioned mind says, oh, that just means I'll be abused. You know, I have to have my sense of self-entitlement in order to fight for what I need. But that's just false. If you're filled with, with love of Krishna, there's no, you don't need anything. All right? Krishna says this in the Bhagavad Gita, that a self-realized person has no need to depend on any other living being.